0: Hi, I'm Jason, and this is another episode of Rewind and Review. As always, I'm joined by the only person I know who can use big words even when he's smashed, my Rewind and
1: Review co-host, Rob. Hello, and joining us today, we've got special guest producer, Joey, on those buttons, did keeping we, us under did control. Did he get Did he get um, promoted? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's been back a couple of times. Well, that's alright, I forget.
0: Joey, welcome. Name. We ha- You have our respect. <laughs> We've done an episode where us two lads talked about the burly man in Predator. <laughs> now, to really put a spin on things, us two lads are
1: going to talk about a romantic teen comedy. Absolutely. Now, Rewind and Review is the podcast where we have a look at an existing property from the past, we delve into its legacy, discuss how it's held up over time, and even give our own personal experiences. Did we watch it as a kid, or sometimes later in our lives? This movie celebrates its 20th anniversary this year in
0: 2019, so it was only fitting that we revisit this loose Mm. modernisation
1: of William Shakespeare's The Taming of the Shrew. Very good. How do I loathe thee? Let me count the ways. But before I do that, let's rewind to the year 1999. We have to go back! Go back,
0: Steph! What year is it? Are you telling me you built a time machine?
1: The year 1999. The year was young. It was only March. Uh, but we had already gotten uh, soon to be classic romantic comedies such as She's All That, Simply Irresistible, Blast from the Past, and 20 Dates. But none would make as big of a mark, um, especially in terms of teen comedies, than 10 Things I Hate About You. Not you, Jason. The movie. I'm talking about the movie. Mm. Uh, spoiler warning, of course, if you haven't checked out this movie there will be spoilers oh absolutely 20 years <laughs> 20 years worth um, directed by Gil
0: Junger 10 Things I Hate About You is a loose modernization of William Shakespeare's late 16th century comedy The Taming of the Shrew retold in a late 1990s American high school setting the high school is a castle, though. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a castle. It does look like a castle. I don't care castle. if it was built or something
1: else. It looks like a castle. <laughs> it's got to be, at the very least, in real life, like a university campus or something. Sure, something yeah. like that, yeah. All right, okay. So, we have got two sisters. We've got Katarina or Kat, Stratford, which is played by Julia Stiles, um, and the younger sister, Bianca, Bianca. Bianca. Stratford, played by uh, Larissa Ol- Olenek, I think it is. I think that's the Olenic. safest... Yeah. Yeah. Um, they also have an overprotective father with very strict rules of dating. Um, so that is basically Bianca can't date until Kate, <laughs> Kat starts dating. And the problem, Kat's antisocial, ill-tempered, tough girl with shrewish like qualities ah there
0: we go um new student Cameron James played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt is smitten by Bianca instantly Uh, instantly we've all (laughs) been there uh forming a plan with new best friend Michael Ekman played by David Krumholtz I always just know him as that elf from the Santa Claus um (laughs) that's right in order to get around her father's rule they attempt to get bad boy Patrick Verona played by Heath Ledger ...to date the infamous older sister, Kat. That's
1: right. Um, yeah, now, used in their plan is uh, Joey... Is it Eat Me Donna? <laughs> <laughs> Joey Eat Me Donna, played by uh, Andrew Keegan, who's a popular high school senior and an aspiring model. Um, and hes they convince him to pay Patrick to date Kat um, for his own purposes of actually getting to date Bianca as well.
0: If you've seen the movie, which you should have done if you are listening to this episode... <laughs> yep. uh, You would know that the film is titled after the poem written by Kat about her bittersweet romance with Patrick. Mm. Um, It is a rewritten version of William Shakespeare's Sonnet 141. Ten things I hate about you. It's beautiful.
1: Um, So we'll get uh, into the uh, movie's legacy shortly, but we should point out this movie was released on the 31st of March in 1999, the same day as The Matrix, which we just did an episode on. Everyone go listen to that. It was because of The Matrix that 10 Things I Hate About You was number two at the domestic box office during its opening weekend. Bloody Matrix. (laughs) The Bloody Matrix. Um, All right, let's get into it. Jason, personal experience. Tell me about it. Okay, so this was a
0: movie that my older sister had watched um, when it had come out on home release, I'm guessing, because I don't know if she watched it at home. I don't know if she watched it beforehand. Mm. Um, So I'd watched it, you know, I'm passing bits of it, you know, as much as... I could have absorbed as a nine or ten year old boy. Mm. Um, I suppose I just wasn't really that interested in it. But I remember this movie. I remember bits of it. Um, I'd watched it again sometime later as a teenager. Again, like from then, I can only remember bits. You know, Bianca's name, the belly suit, um, Heath Ledger singing on the steps is always a memorable moment. Um, Julia Stiles obviously reading the poem. Yeah. But since then, I haven't hadn't watched it. Uh, up until just in prep for this podcast like yeah. just the other day um my sister did have the soundtrack for this and she listened to it a lot yeah so i think when i when i went back and watched this movie it was like i felt more of an already established connection i guess to the to the songs mm. and the soundtrack as opposed to the actual movie itself yeah which i thought was weird
1: it was a very unique experience on that. Interesting. So, my experiences, little well, known facts, ladies and gentlemen, I have many sisters, heaps of sisters. <laughs> so, pretty, like five five sisters in the same house pretty much when I was growing up. I was 13 years old when this movie came out. So, I was at, you know, I was, I was a, what, a sophomore... If you're looking at it states wise, yeah, first year of sure high be. school, basically, whereabouts? Yeah, is that how it oh, that's the same here. Yeah, but so I was of the demographic that this was being targeted to. I may have been on the opposite agenda to what the target is, but that's okay. But I was in a household full of teenage girls who loved this bloody movie, so this movie was just on all the time. I'm similar to you. This sound the soundtrack is my connection to this movie, and when I was watching it again in prep for this. It was just, like, nostalgia after nostalgia. Yeah. Because I hadn't seen it for, like, 10, 15 years or something. So, so it's
0: like, that, that 90s, but also that 90s, like, female grunge.
1: Yeah. It like- oh, it's so brilliant. But, um, and also the one-liners, like, there's, well, there's so many lines in this movie. and It's a quotable movie, for sure. It's definitely written... It went really, really Very well. Very wittily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, and you know, watching it with my wife, there was just so many things. We were actually saying the lines before they were said, like, or in time. Oh before. man, I it hate was, when people do that. <laughs> no, but it was just so <laughs> funny and we just had to laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. So and laugh. going into it, you're already pretty familiar with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Okay, so I guess
0: that's the difference that we're coming in. Because um, you weren't able familiar. me. Nah,
1: no, but I guess we both had that exposure through right. our system. This, so. this movie, <laughs> part of my religion, pretty much. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk uh, legacy and impact. Um, so, box office had a budget of sixteen million, uh, and box office of fifty three point five mil. So moderate financial success. I thought it would have made more, to be honest, because it's a bit of a culture Yeah, I th- and Everyone I think, about it.
0: and I think that's a that's just way when you when you talk of movies, that are of like a cult status. They didn't necessarily reach a wider audience initially, yeah. but something about it caught on whether it be like home
1: release or mm. you know, word of mouth later on yeah, generations past and people pass it on to. Well, that, that makes sense to I me. Mean, in my, my case, it was definitely home release that my mm. sisters were watching and therefore I was watching. Um, So, you know, if you can ever picture somebody, like, babysitting or something, or it was always just on in the background. Anyway, um, so it was ranked number two at the box office behind The Matrix, as we mentioned that before. Um, Very sad if this was released maybe a month earlier. Maybe. Jeez. Maybe. Um, On the box office ladder, it is number 10 in Teen Romance, 18th in High School Comedies, and 96th in Comedies. You Did the research on that? Do you know what number one was? No, nah, man. Nah, yeah, okay. Nah. All right, cool. Keep on going. What do, what you, do you reckon it would
0: be? It's got
1: to right. be something like, you know, like one of the classic ones. Teen romance, though.
0: I'm thinking, you know, like uh, a John Hughes, so like a 16 Candles or something, man. Breakfast Club. Oh, no,
1: yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, yep. you know, something yep. of caliber. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very yeah. Like caliber. Yeah, okay, yeah.
0: Critically speaking, generally positive uh, feedback from critics. Um, I guess in consensus, pure of heart, perfectly executed, strong performances, clever script, mm-hmm. um, basically above a typical teen fare. Which, if we're gonna show our cards now, yeah, 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 can't really disagree too much with that. Um, yeah. As it states at the moment, Rotten Tomatoes has it sitting at sixty six percent. Um, From 71 Reviews, that's a rating of 6.3 out of 10. IMDb, 7.3 out of 10. And Metacritic gives it a score of 70. Nice one.
1: Um, It's nominated for 17 Choice Awards, which is not a surprise at all. Including (laughs) um, breakout stuff for Julia Julia Stiles. Uh, What else was it? It was comedy funniest scene featuring (laughs) David um, Krumholz. That's got to be the dick on my face scene, right? Oh, it must be. Surely. It must be. Anyway, um, best uh, love scene, which featured Julius Stiles and Heath Ledger. What a surprise. Hissy fit <laughs> with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I'm guessing that's him in but, the car. That's him in the car. Um, I learned French for you. So, I don't know if this is a typo here, Jace because you did the notes, but it's also... Nope, that's correct. Villain. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a villain.
0: Yeah, I guess in a way you can interpret him as a villain. Well,
1: you can interpret all of them as a bit a bit iffy. Yeah, they've at all some got point. they've all got moral yeah, yeah. dilemmas there that they should. I'm going to point out one or two of them a bit later. <laughs> um, cool. It won the best casting for feature film uh, comedy at the Casting Society of America. Cool, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stiles yeah. <laughs> Styles won. Was it CFCA? I don't know what that stands for. Award for most promising actress and an MTV Movie Award for Breakful. Breakthrough of female performance. They kind of all were breaking through, though. That's it. Lots of young actors. You know, they might have done bits yeah. and pieces here, but these are the yeah, yeah. Larissa had been on in and around for a little bit, but Heath Ledger hadn't really been out and about. Yeah, well, not in America anyway. He was doing. He had like uh, what's that? Picnic on Hanging Rock. Oh yeah. Do that. He had like Australian productions and yeah. stuff. Um. Yeah. Heath Ledger was nominated for best musical performance for the song "Can't Take My Eyes Off You," which is a fantastic scene. Such... It's so funny. <laughs> yes. Um, there was... There was no... Would you, would you... Would have you had, when you were that young... So what were they, about 15, 16, thereabouts? Oh, no, in, end of high school, so 17. Yeah,
0: some of them were like, uh, well, supposed, supposedly around the 16, 17, 17 mark, and yeah. the others were like, I guess, yeah, 15, 16.
1: Would have you had the, the Stones... To bloody do something like that. I well, mean, you know, if I was Heath Ledger, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I look like Heath Ledger. <laughs> <laughs> none of us, <laughs> disclaimer. None of us look like Heath Ledger. Bullshit. Was it
0: at this point in time? Was the it, it three hundred bucks on the table, or oh, was it point. still only a hundred bucks?
1: I'd do it for a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if if the three hundred was Yeah. There. If I
0: look like Heath Ledger, had the reputation of Heath Ledger's character in it, yeah. and was given hundred bucks, yeah, I'd do it. Yeah,
1: nice one. Nice one. Okay, continue. What else yes. we got? Legacy. So,
0: there was no sequel. No. um, But we did have a novel adaptation by David uh, Leviathan, um, with each chapter written from the point of view of either Bianca, Cameron, Patrick, or Michael. Um, Also in 2009, we got a half-hour comedy series of the same name um, by ABC Family. Larry Mm. Miller, who plays um, Walter Stratford, that's the girl's father, Um, he's the only actor from the film to return, Director Gil Junger did direct many of the episodes, including the pilot, but it only lasted one season, 20 episodes. I can't see it. it. You can't. I don't see what they could have done with it. The fact that it did only last those 20 episodes makes me think
1: it probably wasn't that great. So different to these other shows. Like, you know, shows like MacGyver and stuff like that, when they <laughs> rebooted, rebooted, re- remade them. You can't. The formula's already been done. It's done. Yeah. and you already have a connection to the original source mm. you don't need it you can't redo it I
0: think it's harder when you go from like a movie and then try and make a series out of it because yeah. it's like the story was so unique to the movie that's what made the movie why yeah. expand on
1: that 2 hours to 10 hours yeah unless it's just literally just well, part of high school the, sitcom part of the brilliance of this movie is it's pacing it's very quick so bang 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 bang, um, things are happening, and I, that's something I noticed when I was watching it. This time was actually reflects on like the witty yeah. sc- um, screenwriting, I guess as well. Yeah. Like the script. And all that. So to slow it down, anyway. Okay, oh, we mentioned it before breakthrough roles for Julia Heath um, and Joseph. Well, Joseph Gordon-Levitt had been, was he third rock by then? Nah. Um, close. It'd be really close. I think they'd done a few seasons already. Yeah, and Larissa had already done Alex Mack, and then she was also filming Hundred Girls at the same time. Entertainment uh, Weekly listed this film at number forty-one, uh, 9 on its list of best high school movies. And it was heavily parodied in 2001's Not Another Teen Movie. Not Another Teen Movie wasn't that bad. It's actually,
0: in terms of... Out like, of those movies? In terms of like parody type movies, you, know, you get your naked guns, you know, ones like Airplane and... Scary and, movies. Um, yeah, scary movies, I'll give you it to. Not
1: Another Teen Movie is probably one of the last good ones. Yeah. The first two scary movies were pretty good. This one is pretty good. That's
0: weird. I think the other way would scary a movie. I think three and four are better.
1: Bullshit. Really? Yeah. There's a reason, but I won't get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, a... I don't even know Jason. <laughs> he also doesn't drink coffee Whoa. while we record in this Whoa. morning. Calm down. Terrible person. Relax. No, you're not really. Okay, well, let's get into this. Um... Let's start with we'll start with Cameron
0: James, because he essentially kicks off the plot. He kicks off this movie. Yes. It's because of him that this whole thing goes into it. So I guess we'll just go through. We'll talk about... The character, the performance, and yeah. you know, the thoughts on you know what he goes through. So we've got yeah. Joseph Gordon Lovett. He's a new kid, comes to school. To me, I find that out of all the characters, yeah, and it's really bad, but um yeah, he's the one that I, I guess relate to the most, you know kind of awkward, skinny young kid, infatuated by a girl, and then obviously'll do what he needs to do. yeah obviously weighing in that moral compass, mm-hmm. you know you don't want to go too far into the dark onto the dark side with it. Um, but with everyone you know like I'm not the I'm not the Patrick Verona I'm I'm not Cat I'm not Bianca I'm not the Rich Joey you know like, um, yeah, I'm yeah I'm I'm sure you're I'm not Cameron. Michael <laughs> No but we all have that one friend We all have
1: that one one friend
0: We all have a Michael We all have yeah. a Michael
1: so. I like to think it's not me <laughs> Am I your Michael God I hope not <laughs> It's <laughs> getting weird. Uh, um so Cameron, yeah, like you said, he, he kind of is the catalyst. He arrives at school and he's instantly within and it's it's you know, it's just a nice funny little moment, but mm. he's instantly smitten. Instantly. So I love at first sight. Yeah. Absolutely obsessed Who and, uh, is that? And what is what is what does Michael say? Keep it to you. You wag bank. This <laughs> 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 is one of the funniest lines in the movie, I think. Um, um but anyway, everyone has this everyone has his view
0: of Bianca's being um Justin. Una- Unobtainable. Yeah, yeah. Out of out of their league sort of thing. Yeah. But I guess it's it's more like she's unobtainable because she can't date. Yeah. Sort of thing. Um but with Cameron, you know, like he sees her, he wants it like but they, they never in any way sort of portray him as I'm gonna get her, like in a yeah. sinister sort of way. It's just, just literally like, Oh, she's amazing. He just he obsesses over her and again not in a creepy way he's just like he's just really into it he thinks she's pretty you know he has small interactions with her and I mean I guess they don't really establish a true sort of honest relationship from the start but it's like isn't that high school? Honesty's overrated right? Yeah no but in high school isn't it like you just you see a girl you barely know her you barely talk to her but you're in love with her and you love her and you want
1: yeah. To do what you can to... Young in Yeah. But, you know, he like, goes to... How many lengths does he go? He becomes a French teacher, you know, and then he concocts his whole yeah, plan to manipulate Goey and all of that. <laughs> like, So, yeah, he's he's motivated, that's for sure. Um, and his portrayal, I mean, he always, at that age as well, because I think these guys were all pretty young. They were all, like, 15, 16, that's 17 actually at the time. one good thing to point out is that
0: the majority of the cast do look, like, passable, yeah. More than uh, most teen comedies, as actual high school students, yeah. especially when you get to, you know, the old ones like Patrick and and Cat, it's like,
1: mm.
0: you know, they still look kind of very youthful. Yeah. And you always have, you know, like one kid at school that's like, man, you look, you look thirty. Yeah. Like that that does happen.
1: Mm. Heath Ledger was that character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, one thing just with with Cameron's introduction, like you said, he's a new kid, but it also allows the film to um to really go into a whole bunch of exposition regarding. Because he goes a tour around the school. Yeah. And so you immediately get to meet um, Michael, which we'll talk about in a second, but you find out immediately what his personality is like. So you already know that character. But then you see all the different cliques and the different areas. Yeah. And he explains everything. And so you're on that little journey. You're like, oh, yeah, cool. There's Stoner Kids and there's the Nerds or the NBA. It, definitely. <laughs> and what's good being set
0: in 1999, it's like, it, it's. And I, I mean, they are sort of going into you know, they are playing on the comedy here and almost, like, mm. using the the stereotypes as the satire, but, you know, like, those cliques are kind of of, the, of that time, mm. and it's, like, as, you know, when I went through high school, it's, like, yeah, there were different cliques and different sort of social groups and stuff, yeah. but they they were different, you know? I mean, we, we had, like, we had emos and stuff, whereas, <laughs> like, <laughs> and especially being in an American city as well, <laughs> they had, what, like, the, the, the white Rastafari. Yeah, right, like, <laughs> yeah. Who <laughs> were all about black power. Yeah, there's... That's right, man. Yeah, there's things you know, like we don't have jocks anymore. Like high schools
1: don't have jocks, but you know, like, in the states, I think they're doing stuff. Yeah, the big football players. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, not here, obviously. Um, all right, let's move on. Next character, uh, Bianca Stratford, played by Larissa Olen- Olenick. So when I watched this movie just FY, like when I was younger, mm-hmm. so I was 13, I was probably a couple of years younger than what she's meant to be. I think you, she was pretty close to you her, loved anyway. her, didn't you? I loved her because I also watched um, Alex Mack yeah and I loved it <laughs> Alex Mack was, was that was an amazing TV show that went for like four seasons or something yeah, yeah. no was cool like she turned into goo she could move things with her mind
0: I used to just sit there and, not like, in this try movie and, by the not way not in this that's movie in that's Alex. something different <laughs> I
1: used to just sit there and like try and like squint and like I can move that I can do it I can do it never happened I'm still waiting yeah mm, one day keep, keep waiting sir. anyway um, so um, Larissa yeah like so basically what I was saying there she was already known she was, she wasn't, an yeah. unknown. she was already out there kind of in the zeitgeist for teenagers already. She's, you know, she's got, she's a bit of a ditzy, young, naive girl, seems that way, but she's also a little bit, I think she plays it, like, the way that she portrays the character is that she's not... It's like she her character stupid, is, yeah. she's smarter than she lets herself be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think Kat points that out at some point, but she... I think with some of the conversations
0: it, that they have later on and... Yeah. how she sort of holds, carries herself. I think, yeah, you can see that more. And it's like, mm. you know what? Yeah.
1: She's not a dumb. She's not a
0: dumbass. Yeah, I mean, like... She plays it well, I though. think a lot of the characters actually do have... Even some more minor than the other, but they have character arcs. Like, mm. no character is really the same at the end of this movie than from the start. Yeah. And that's great. A lot of them... A lot of movies, especially amongst, like, the teen genre, you just see them sort of be what they are. Yeah. Maybe the main character goes on a journey and that's it. Yeah.
1: Larissa's... Um, well, her yeah, performance is fantastic you you know like there's such a stark stark contrast between her and her sister Mm. and yeah she 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 plays that naive nativity really really well i think and at some point you hate her and then at some points you're like oh it's
0: nice from obviously like not watching it really properly when i was younger i remember i think i was in the same boat as you i was like she's the cute one she's the pretty one yeah. I like I like it she's closer to my age even though I was like 10 but I think going back and <laughs> watching appropriate as we going back and watching it like just the other day you know really watching it for the first time really the first half of movie, I was concerned I was like why is you know why is Cameron going after her she's mm. not very nice she's sort of playing him for yeah. his own you know for her own advantage you know like, yeah. to break her father's rules sort of thing to yeah. sort of get around it. because she she's more interested at that point in Joey. Well, that's it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, she's playing him. And I was like, and I couldn't really remember how it ended. I remember the poem stuff, but I don't remember how their sort of Cameron and Bianca's story ended. And I was like, does Cameron realize that she's not very nice? And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. But then by the end of the movie, it Sorry. flips. And I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. You get, you get along, <laughs> I'd still...
1: along the journey, though. You get her. like They're at the, they're at um, Bodie Lowenstein's party, mm. and she's with Joey, but she's looking over at at camera, as in, she's and she regrets that... She's, she like, ate. processing
0: it, like, hang on a sec. Did yeah. I make a mistake? Yeah. yeah.
1: So, anyway, um, she also played alongside Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Third Rock, which I don't remember her in Third Rock, but that's okay. Yeah, he
0: was, like, she was um, his... I, I Essentially, I think it was, like, his second girlfriend.
1: So yeah. it was in, it was, like, the last four seasons or something that she popped up and... I just do not remember, but anyway, mm. that was so damn long ago. Jeez, that was a good show, though. I don't even remember positive Pretty things. Pretty funny, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Michael Ekman played by David Crumholtz. He kicks off the plan. Yeah, he's I mean, it, he's he's the mastermind really. He's yeah. the puppet master. Yeah.
0: With all his quips and he's hilarious. But that's man. why that's why I'm not Michael. I couldn't come up with something like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just be pining and wooing it's like Cameron.
1: I need a Michael to sort of get me going. <laughs> you, need, you need a Michael motivator. Um his <laughs> that funny scene where he's trying to convince Joey that this was a good idea. But he's, and, and what's in it for you? Oh, you know, you see him in the hall, You say hi. Yeah. Popularity by association. by association. I have a dick on my face.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love the whole time he's just drawing that penis. Actually, yeah. he um, Andrew Keegan, who plays Joey, didn't actually know how to draw genitalia. Yeah. So apparently, David Crumholtz actually taught him how to do it. So it was like, basically, yeah... Guided him through how to draw a penis on mm-hmm. his on his cheek.
1: I was keeping an eye out for this that scene. By the way, it's two. There's two different dicks on his face. So there's a, the one that Joey draws, but then when it cuts to the later scene when they're walking, is down a bit the different, hall, is it? It's just slightly different. Ooh. So you can tell someone's someone else's kind. Are you sure of, it wasn't kind of, just smudged from like his mouth? No, it was more like It's just towards more in the back of his chin. It was, it's a different. <laughs> it's a different one because I was wondering if it was one continuous shot, but it wasn't a continued shot. Um. Uh, yeah, so Michael eventually um, forms a relationship with Mandela, who is played by Susan May Pratt, and that's Kat's best mate. Um, oh, like her only friend. Really. It's weird. Like she's she's sort of established at
0: the start of the movie, and you sort of see her pop up you know, mm. here and there, but they don't really do much with her until about mm. halfway through the movie, where where it's like Michael interacts with her, and yeah. there's this whole like revelation that you know she's an admirer of like Shakespeare and yeah. Which is... It's weird. Obviously, like, yeah, it's just... It's a late sort of establishment. Yeah. But it's a good payoff and, you know, because you kind of... You like Michael's character, yeah. I guess. You're like, rooting for him a little bit. Yeah, it's sort of like
1: they just throw him a bone at the end. I was yeah. like, yeah, why not? I, I really... So I was talking, talking to the wife about it and I was like, it is... this One of the qualities that this movie has is... It offers the supporting characters their own, you know, success stories as well. Like Even you, you if like it's very minor. In the lead, you're invested in... Mm. Like I was support. talking about, like, everyone sort of has an arc.
0: Mandela, yeah. like, she... Like, her character at the start, you know, she come, she appears anyway yeah. a little bit tough, sort of in the same realm as Cat. Yeah. Um, but by the end of it, it's like, hang on, she has these other sort of interests and mm. something else, and then she's happy to, you know, meet Michael at the prom. Yeah. And it's like, oh, very minor, but that's a whole arc for her, mm. I'm guessing, because I'm assuming she wouldn't have done that, Yeah, you know, at the start of the movie, if Michael had just
1: gone up for, let's go to the prom, she would have been like, no. How I good is it, though, when they're, when they're at the prom, and she's, like, looking around, going, where's where's Michael? He was meant to meet you here. And he's standing on the stage. Well, obviously, <laughs> it's like, you just, but, it, but, the, but the singer, it's like, that would never happen, but the singer's sitting there, like, kind of, off you go, buddy, yeah. go forth, kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like at that point, it's like, oh, well done, buddy. Good <laughs> on you guys. That's awesome. Two, two, very e- eclectic, strange personalities coming together. I think mm. It's awesome. I think they, they really wanted to letters us to clear. They really wanted that lead yeah. singer to interact with the cast as much as possible. <laughs> paid you so much money. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Who else we got? Oh, well, Patrick Patrick Verona played by Heath Ledger. What a legend Heath Ledger was. So this was his first American role. I didn't know that. It makes sense, though. He was pretty young. would have been only about 18, 19. Yeah, so I guess when they say breakout for him, this is his breakout to Hollywood, I guess, yeah. or for an American mm. audience. It was a good one to do. Yeah, it almost was Josh Hartnett or potentially Ashton Kutcher. Mm. They were <laughs> <laughs> running. they so cliché, those guys. Interestingly, um, his memorable scene, which is singing on the steps, was actually, apparently, uh, Julia Stiles, it's her suggestion. Um, to sing that actual song The Can't Take My Eyes Off You by Frankie Valli which is interesting as well I didn't know that when you when you first introduce the character
0: like I guess like what they're portraying I, I think that I mean that's part of it that's all how all the other characters are viewing him as well yeah you would never see that character doing that you know 45 minutes later into the movie hmm. it's just like what? like that guy right there playing with fire which apparently he played it improvised it's pretty cool though you <laughs> know, like drilling into, you know, Cameron's like French book. Yeah. He's gonna be standing on those on those bleakers or whatever they're called, mm. singing, yeah. serenading this
1: girl. Well it doesn't marry up. I mean he gets they're in they're in they're dissecting frogs and he gets a flick knife. <laughs> <and stands laughs> that's Yeah. Like that's pretty
0: hard. <laughs> but I mean, I think mean, it's more as you get to know his character as the movie progresses, you realise that he's he just goes along with these rumours and stories and this
1: reputation that people have formed for him. So he does whatever he can to sort of keep it going. There there is an observation there about his, like, his portrayal. It's... It is a little bit disjointed if you think about it too much that you do have a perceived badass who instantly is the softest person around. Mm. But... You're right, he is just playing it. No different to Bianca playing everything. Like they're, they're all well, in high school. He knows he's, he's an outsider, he's from Australia, he, he knows everybody, doesn't have a clue about who he is, so he just goes, eh, whatever. It's actually, like in a way, it's like it's easier just to play that. Then yeah. One of yeah. my favourite lines as well, It's it, it relates to that kind of pretending thing. I don't know what is said to him, but he says, don't say shit like that to me. People can hear. I was you. in the
0: cafeteria. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when, well, yeah. It's like
1: Cameron and Michael are saying something about you know, like you know, go
0: and redeem yourself. You know, like yeah. pronounce your love or whatever. Yeah. Don't say shit like that.
1: Yeah, people can hear. You. Yeah, people can hear. You. <laughs> and it's like it's like well, he's got he's got a mask on. He's got a he's got a he's got to keep up his his uh, reputation. Yeah. So. but you,
0: you could you could say that you know, like his motivations as he you know to not be that character and to open up is because of, you know, his payment and, you know, the job that he's got to sort of take Cat out. But there are other things, you know, like just by his own free will, he, you know, he tells Cameron how it is. He he tells him, you know, like, stop being like this. Like if you Mm. want it, go out and get it. Yeah. You know, no one's paying him to do that. Mm. And then eventually when he does, you can tell when they're, when they're at that club and he, you know, he he watches cat for the first time, dancing, just being free and loose. Yeah. Something's ticking in his brain. He's like, hang on a sec. Like this is, Mm.
1: she might be, you know, she's there's something about it. Nice one. Oh yeah. I mean, ultimately we all know this, but, um, he eventually joined the Nolan verse in the dark Knight as the Joker. Um, one of his last roles, and obviously one of his most famous, and just you know, coincidentally, Joseph Gordon-Levitt joined the team as well for The Dark Knight Rises. He was playing who turns out to be end up being Rob Robin basically, Robin type character. Robin type character. Have you
0: seen that? I mean, it went viral. You know, like shortly after you know The Dark Knight Rises came out, was that that still of them in the cafeteria? It's Heath and. Um, Joseph standing next to each other, and it's like that moment you realise that the Joker and Robin went to high school together. Oh yes, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah! I yeah, yeah. love it. Very, very cool. Uh, all right, next character to talk about: Joey Eat Me Donna. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have too much to say. Like he just plays it well. He's what? He's a villain. He's I mean, got his. He only gives a crap about himself. Yeah, I mean, he's
0: probably the most stereotypical character that is yeah. of a, is of a mould
1: yeah.
0: and doesn't really shake it. Yeah. You know, he gets his comeuppance, which is great. But so he's entitled, um, affluent, you know, yeah. got money back in him. He's driving a Ferrari. So he's used as, you know, basically like a proxy in their plan, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, he's convinced to pay Patrick, you know, as an incentive for Cameron and Michael's plan to sort of... Yeah. Play. It's very complicated, but not really. It's it's, it's, well, pretty, it's straightforward in the movie.
1: They need to pay... They need to... Pay, need to they need to incentivize Patrick to do it. They don't have any money, yeah. so they incentivize the person to incentivize Patrick. But it's Patrick.
0: a risky move because it's like, oh, maybe we're giving Bianca Joey, and yeah. Bianca obviously already wants Joey. Ah, oh, it's,
1: high, it's very school. Com- oh, high school. Sounds high school. like high school. That's what it um, is. So, Andrew Keegan's performance, yeah, like you said, it's 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 stereotypical it's exactly what you expect it to be but
0: there's lots of gags and stuff that you get it and sort of he would know, have had a ball playing him that portraying role. you know like
1: uh that sort of ass. You yeah. know,
0: when he, when he asked Bianca which picture he, he was he you know how he stacks the
1: beer thing and he does like the model shot and he yeah. goes, now look at this one and he does the same thing. <laughs> and you see what I did there? Like, Yeah, yeah it's
0: slightly different. Or, or what is it? it uh, what, what you, I actually not. thought
1: when he put the beer can on the thing, on the on the stack, I was like,
0: oh, he's doing it like a beer <laughs>
1: Well That's what I thought. It looks very much like that. But, um, or when he's got the two, the black and the white things and he goes, which one do you think? And she goes, oh, the white, I think. Um, it looks it looks very pensive and he goes, Damn, I was trying to be thoughtful. Which, <laughs> which is what pensive means. <laughs> yes. But you just <laughs> To be in deep thought. Yeah. It's uh it's just so funny. But he does it well. He does it well. Also, and you hate him, and you do hate him. Yeah. And when you get his cup come up and like you said, you're like, Yes. 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 Alright, let's talk about there's one main remaining major character. I mean pretty on the, much the movie. I mean it's yeah it's her movie. Without her much. there is no movie. <laughs> there, so there's it's, no plan. Let's talk about it. who is it, Chase?
0: So it's uh Caterina uh, Stratford of course, Julia Styles. Yeah. She is the shrew. She's indeed. And I think it's Michael who actually points out that or well, refers to her as being such a shrew. Yeah. Or something along those lines. So her her character, you know, from the start of the movie, pretty much for the majority of it anyway, is, you know, as I described earlier, you know, like a bit intimidating, yeah. anti social. Um, she has no
1: interest in dating, no interest in helping her sister in any way. Was it an anti anti commercial, anti capitalist <laughs> feminist icon? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's sort of that's kind of what she's
0: was she in terms of like her being like a feminist and stuff. In 1999, was this sort of like a new type? I think it was pretty contemporary for. It. Was it contemporary? Uh, no, well,
1: no, actually, it was a, a thought that was only new in people's people's minds. Right. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think it was already popularized by that point. I think this movie, if anything, has popularized the feminist movement. Oh my god. To a point. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I think this movie kind of paved the way
0: for a more feminist dialogue. But um, so to, in in like especially like teen comedies and stuff, you wouldn't have seen up until then, yeah. I guess. From my exposure to, to team moves, you wouldn't have seen a character like her, especially being the lead as well. Yeah. Like, and I guess the values and stuff
1: that she goes for. Like, you know, she says her main ideal is, I don't want to do what people want me to do. But she like, sticks to, to it. That, that's, something, that's something that I would comment on. She doesn't actually have an arc. If you think about it, at the start she's very much the same person. At the end, she she hasn't changed her values. She hasn't changed as a person. No, she, that's true. She simply had. She's been. She's been the. Ex, she's experienced all of this, but it's everybody else around her who's slightly changed. Like Bianca has become more of a, a you know, a changed personality in regards to you know what her priorities are. Popularity, maybe not. Because she's now going to be dating this person who isn't popular, mm. you know. Um, and Cameron stands up for himself and doesn't, you know, doesn't necessarily get beaten down or anything anymore, and just those kind of things. Like, yeah, well, Heath Ledger's character, Patrick, he transforms from a he lets people know that he's not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Her
0: main arc, I guess, is well, not an arc, segment, but like yeah. her, her change is that she allows herself to form. Well, not allows she. No, she lets herself fall, fall in love. Like the fact that she falls yeah. in love is the
1: difference. But but she never said that she didn't want to do that. She just said she just really she... had no interest. Yeah. More, so yeah, that's right. And then and then she makes that decision.
0: But I think that's right. And I think that's a credit to the character as well. If she was take like Sandy from Greece. Mm. You know, at the end of the movie, she changes. Spoilers for Greece. I mean, come on, it's been how many years? But <laughs> she she essentially changes her character mm. to fit into the mold of. Was it Danny? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I think if Kat was to change and say, you know what, I'll be a social butterfly. I'll you know, mm. I'll, I'll be this completely different person yeah. just for the sake. I think that would belittle her character. And I think the fact that she does stick to her guns. Yeah. And it's not necessarily like where she was coming from at the start was wrong in any way. Yeah. If anything, it was great. Yeah. Like, it, it's good and it's empowering to her. So it's good that, yeah, that's the only thing that does change for her is that you know, she just, you know, she opens up herself to someone else and she trusts someone else. Yeah. But yeah, it's good that she doesn't sort of back down from her beliefs yeah. and values. But there, I guess, there are motivations for it. Mm. And early on in the movie, it sort of makes you think that it was the fact that, you know, their mother is no longer around. I'm yeah. she died. I thought she just left, but anyway. I think she died. Cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> Bianca's like. Well she's not coming back, is she?
1: I think because she's dead, not because yeah. she's a bad lady and she left. I think but I think <laughs> they actually say left. I think they anyway, yeah. Gosh knows. If we went on to like Wiki or something, we'd actually find <laughs> that down. out. There's a plug. Um
0: but I think it's more so is it more so the revelation of her relationship or very short relationship, was it short? It was a few months, on that, With with Joey. Yeah. She'd had previous years where I think they had slept together. She lost her virginity to him. Yeah. That's more so where she... Well, she does clearly say, I'm not going to let anyone make me do anything I don't want to. Because of that. And again, that's fantastic. And it's more of a... I guess that's more of a justification for her being like... I mean, it was a bad thing, but it's like it did lead her to become this strong, independent woman. Whereas the movie was setting her up as, ah, she's just acting out because, you know,
1: because of whatever happened to her mother. Yeah, yeah. And she, she doesn't, she doesn't challenge challenge those values. Like she's solid in those values. She doesn't change. She, it, it, she doesn't evolve beyond that because that's already a com- a comfortable, solid position to be mm-hmm. in.
0: You know? I mean, Should we flexible with a little bit? You know, like Bianca comes with like, please help me do this. She's as like, you know, fine. Go to this party with yeah. me, so I can go. She caves and says, okay, fine. Yeah. But I think that also a little thing in the back of her head is like, oh, Patrick's gonna be there. Yeah. Let's just see how this plays out. You know, yeah. she's. Dipping her toes in the water and seeing this, if there's still, something. still a pretty amazing
1: resolve I when mean, you think about it. They are still all teenagers. Yeah. So at that point, like some, some some people may consider that at that point in our lives, we don't necessarily have the most amount of discipline. Yeah, that's it. And she's an example of that not being the, the truth. Um, let's talk about some supporting characters, and then I think we should have a quick break. But I, I want to say this quickly before we talk about any of these. All of these little supporting characters, so the dad, the teacher, teachers like all of that mm. stuff, they have their own like just little comedic moments. They just help they basically punctuate what's going on in the story with this a little bit of humor boom. With a little bit of humour here. Yeah. Humor here. My favourite of all of them is The Dad, played um, played by Larry Miller, who's was it Doctor Walter? Doctor Walter? Yeah, Doctor Walter Stratford. He is responsible for the funniest lines in the whole movie. All of them. But he's also responsible for some of the most meaningful moments especially at the end but he's got my my one of my favorite lines that he drops well when when he's a little bit when he loosens up a little bit is he talks about how parents sit on the sidelines right and bianca lets him play every now and then but then he's like but you've, you've had me on the lines forever and then you know, you're about to move away, so I don't even get to see the game anymore. You know, it's just a really touching moment. Yeah, <laughs> metaphors, sports. Yeah, sports, nice one, nice one, dad. It's funny,
0: he's <laughs> motivate, like, yes, his motivations. I think as a younger viewer watching this, you'd be like, oh, get out of the way to just let the girls do what they want to do, what they need to do, yeah. you know? Like, as teenagers watching it, would be like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I think at our age, not that we have kids at this stage, but I think, you know, as we're approaching that, sort of mindset and we understand how terrible the world is and how terrible boys are Yeah, a little part of me was like Yeah, you know, he might be coming on a bit strong yeah. but I think you know he has some points he has some points <laughs> <He> has some <laughs> point. I can imagine if I had two daughters um, you know yeah. I, I would hope I wouldn't, wouldn't be that crazy but mm. I get where he's coming from yeah. I'm like, I would want to make sure that Nobody touched them ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, abs- absolutely. Kissing me. leads to
1: sex. Sex leads to pregnancy. Pregnancy leads to death. <laughs> something like something that. Something like that. <laughs> something, <laughs> something like that. But he's but he's he's one lines in it. Like he is obviously cliche overprotective, and that's part of the humor as well. Mm. like he's over the top, over the overprotective. Like he says. Okay, but put the belly on, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and makes her wear a fake pregnancy. I'm not yeah, going to make yeah. you
0: take it out or not. Just, just a couple minutes. It. Uh, uh, Employers, it's
1: like well, okay, that's a really funny but also probably effective strategy to um to kind of really yeah. put a child's mind. Where do you get one of those? I need to invest now so well, I have yeah, one ready. He's, he's, he's a, isn't he a delivery doctor or something? Like that? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, who else we got? We got the teachers. So. Um, Mr. Morgan, who's the English teacher, second favorite supporting character. Well, he's he's just like he takes no get shit. Get out of my class! Like, yeah. <laughs> he's like what? But, just get out. But he he's the only one that in the whole movie really, other than um, Cat, that stands up to Joey. Like, uh, he takes no shit. He just
0: knows he's like, it's I, like. Shut up! I think he sees through all the bullshit of high school, and yeah. he's just like you're a dick. Yeah, you're a bitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stop it. Um, but like you're right, all the adults are essentially like. Th- these comedians that are just yeah. like put in. Yeah, I mean, like you've got me, uh, Miss Miss Perky, who is Alison Janey. She's yeah, just you know getting on with business, but at the same time, she's also writing an erotic novel. <laughs> <laughs> and, right, that,
1: and, and 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 Julia Styles um, helps her <laughs> with, uh, with unintentionally. So go back to what is it? His Kevin's throbbing member or something. He's like throbbing that. member. Whatever. I like she throbbing was member. um And then you've got David Ledger plays Mister. Chapman 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 who's the coach mm. um, and he's also the detention yeah like supervisor as well but you know he's just great as well a little, a, just very funny comedic timing also just want to point out the fact one of my favourite scenes in the movie is when he get he gets shot in the ass with an arrow yep and it's by Bianca but the whole thing is if you watch that scene like she's sitting there and she talks and then she just blase turns her bow around and just lets go, and, and then you hear, ah! Yeah, kind of the, thing. Way,
0: the way it plays out, like, you can sort of... You can predict it happening, and in, in, in a good way, without yeah. actually seeing it unfold. Yeah. You don't know that he's there. Yeah. You just know that she's aiming straight. That's the line of students with their arrows. Yeah. And then when she gets distracted, she does turn and mm-hmm. let go, and you kind of go, like, oh, what? Like, that'll... That's dangerous. That'd hit someone, and, and then, then two, two seconds just, later, it pans over, <laughs> or the, the
1: scene, the direction, like cuts and changes, and he's just like, ah, oh, there's, there's an arrow in his butt. But she also, leg or then something. you get like her 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 mate, who's played another sporting character, um, chastity, played by Gabrielle Union, mm-hmm. like she's one of the ones that runs over to help the teacher. <laughs> but Bianca doesn't give a crap. She's just like. She looks at him. She's having a conversation with him. And then she turns back and keeps on talking. She's talking to Joey at that time, I think, isn't it? No, no, I think she's talking to um, Cameron.
0: No, I think it's Joey. Because whoever she's talking to, he was like oh, giving yeah. her abuse about paying attention or focus or concentration oh, or something. Right. So, so I think it was Joey. So I guess, yeah, yeah. she was distracted. So, so there, there we go. There's
1: some good good supporting characters as well. Now, I feel this might be the best time to have a bit of a break. What do yes, you think? definitely. Let's do that. All right, we'll be right back.
0: I want you I need you oh baby oh baby hi I'm Luke and I'm Jason and we are the guys from That Film Stew do you like movie reviews and want to keep up to date with the latest in movie and TV news then That Film Stew is the podcast for you join us every two weeks for some good times laughs and firm opinions on the things we love that's right there's a new podcast released every two weeks on iTunes and SoundCloud follow us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast That Film Stew Podcast listen comment follow share I have a dick on my face, don't I? Okay, welcome back. And what we're going to talk about next is basically the whole Shakespeare aspect of this movie. So yes. There's heaps of references. The main one, obviously, being uh, The Taming of the Shrew, which, again, is yeah. uh, this movie is a modern retelling. But yeah. there's a whole bunch of stuff related to to that play. So we just go through it, I
1: suppose. Can I just say, upon viewing this as a child, I i mean, I knew there was Shakespeare for Um, flavours in there because the characters literally refer to it Mm -hmm. but I thought that was where it ended I didn't actually realise this was a retelling like a a contemporary telling of a a previous tale there's a
0: few movies like that I mean you can even take The Lion King as Hamlet
1: yeah yeah. but as a kid you didn't know that yeah no that's true
0: screenwriters Karen uh, McCullough and Kristen or Kiston Smith um, they also wrote the script for She's the Man which came out in 2006 and that's a retelling of Shakespeare's play Twelfth Night which is set in American college, so very similar. Um, (laughs) In this movie, though, Kat and Bianca share the same names as the female leads in the original play, although I think uh, Katarina is like Katharina, even though it might be pronounced Katarina, but there's a H in it. Very similar, and they refer to her as Kate in the play. Um, Their surname is Stratford,
1: which is a nod to Shakespeare's birthplace. That's pretty cool. Mm. Um, What else we got? Uh, Patrick's surname, Verona, references the home of his character from the play. Uh, can you pronounce that? What is it? Pe- uh, Petruchio. Petruchio. Oh, Petruchio. Petruchio. I mean, there's all these little little um, connections. Uh, the characters attended, what is it? Padua Padua High Padua. School. It was named after where the play is set.
0: Mm, Cameron, um, I think you mentioned this earlier, whose play character Lucentio disguises himself Jen. as a... There's a tutor Which, yeah. uh, named Cambio. He tutors, well, Cameron tutors Bianca in French. Yeah. He also slips in a line from the play, you know, when he first meets yeah. her and he obsesses over her and he's, I burn, I pine, I perish.
1: Oh, I, yeah. yeah, so, um, <laughs> He Joey, did it better. He did it better. Joey Eat Me Donna's uh, <laughs> wager <laughs> over Bianca's um, virginity parallels the bet placed by Shakespeare's um, husbands regarding their partner's obedience as well. And, of course, the prom um, substitutes for The Feast,
0: which is in Act 5 of the play, Mm. and Cat's poem replaces um, Katharina's famous famous Act 5 speech. Brilliant. Yes. Um, There's also um, references to Sonnet 56 from Mm. Shakespeare. Um, Michael coerces Patrick into the marching band... Sing, you know, when he sings and stuff, um, with the words from Sonnet 56 Sweet love, renew thy force. And I think that's when Patrick says, Don't say shit like that to yeah, me. Right, <laughs> People can hear you, man. Yeah. Um, and lastly, we did obviously refer to Mandela earlier. Yeah. Um, She's an aficionado of William Shakespeare, as we said. Yeah. And of course Michael woos her by asking her to the prom using a Shakespearean dress and a letter that he writes yeah. up for her, She's very nice.
1: So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. This is
0: very, very much a Shakespeare. Piece. I mean it's in there. And there's probably way more I just can't
1: f- see anymore. <laughs> oh, it, yeah. Look, you could really you could really, really go into detail if you go onto one of those, um, I'm sure like there are
0: heaps of lines and references
1: and um, probably a million London plus there's probably been you know like academic essays and stuff yeah. the connections and stuff alright let's go in let's, we talked about um, characters and you know the leads and all that I just want to throw out the next step is another lead character for the, the movie and that's its soundtrack I have to say they're going to say the, the lead singer of Letters to Cleo so you have to admit if you've seen this movie, and you like it. If you hate it, you probably good crap. But if you enjoy this movie even slightly, you will enjoy like the, the soundtrack that is accompanying it. Yeah, I think if you don't like the soundtrack, you're an idiot.
0: you hate no, but I mean like you would. Oh, no, I Really have a bad time idiot. watching this movie. Like yeah, you'd, yeah. you'd be like ah, oh, because yeah. the soundtrack is. I don't remember a score at all. No, I don't think. I, like, is there one? I don't know. I don't know. I'd, I didn't even bother writing it down. Cause... Although,
1: if you listen to the soundtrack, there are a couple of songs that have a lot of like instrumental elements sure. to it. So, yeah. But no, I don't, I'm not, I don't remember the like The
0: soundtrack, is at score? I'm, I'm
1: saying yeah. it because I really honestly don't think there is a score. <laughs> so we've got the soundtrack. is Like I said, it's a highlight. It's definitely a highlight for me anyway. I just can't imagine people not enjoying this. But anyway, um, made up of heaps of different songs from all over the shop, from the 70s through the 90s but heaps of covers which is cool. Um so there's latest the Cleo, Cleo ugh. um they what are they? they sing I want you to want me by which is by Cheap Trick originally and cruel to be kind by uh Nick Lowe. Mm. That's probably my favorite album soundtrack to be honest. I think they're the ones that I guess
0: when I hear those songs I think of this movie and I again I blame my sister for that. But <laughs> yeah they are they're like the main ones I and mean, you know they play like during the prom, they play on the rooftop at the end of the movie. Yeah. Like it's throughout Hmm. It's there, that's not like on yeah. the radio during the movie sometime. There are other songs. There's yeah. Semisonic, uh, Safe Faro, Sister Hazel, Joan Armour. Joan Armour Trading. Armour Trading, yeah, The
1: one. Semisonic song, so it's called FNT. Do you know what that is? It's Fascinating New Thing, is uh, what that stands for. So that's the Fascinating New Thing. That thing. No, yeah. oh, well, thanks. That's <laughs> a bloody brilliant song, and that's when so that plays during the um, paintball scene. Oh, like, okay, yeah. are in the hay, and that's when the chorus goes... And I'm talking to my wife about it. I'm like, that is a fantastic <laughs> use of that chorus. And then that scene actually ends... Like, most cliche scenes like that, where they're kissing for the first time, would just end with the kiss. Yep. And that's it. They don't. She stops the kiss in pure, like, true fashion for her character, grabs a paintball, and smashes it on his head, and then runs away. Like, as in, she's still cheeky. She's still. She's still confident she's still herself she hasn't just I think of what it is if you if you really look into it is it's indicating to the audience that that kiss which would usually transform a character that's a pivot isn't a pivot for her it's she's chosen it and then it's business as usual away well, you go yeah and I'm like, like yeah good way to finish that it's the just 10.
0: it's just a thing yeah but it's not a defining thing yeah which like I said Ugh.
1: most other movies would t- that would be the point where someone yeah someone is no longer the same person anymore but no, she's the same one. Um, what else you got? Save Ferris, by the way. So they, their song, I Know. Oh, Such a good song. It's not its not on the Spotify um, playlist for the soundtrack. Oh, wow. I really? couldn't find it. And I don't know why. But mm. I, when I was younger, I downloaded it. So I know it's, it exists. I just don't know where. So. Maybe the actual... Is it on the actual soundtrack soundtrack? Really? No, the oh. original soundtrack. It's not on there. That's shocking. Yeah. But it's... I mean, that song... It's 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 a key moment in the movie. Yeah, um, and you see, yeah, and I know it exists. It's just not on the Spotify playlist for the original soundtrack. Let's talk. Let's talk the ending of the movie. Well, I think everything sort of wraps up. You know, you get, you
0: get Patrick and yeah. and Cat. Joey pretty much spills the beans, and Cat finds out that Patrick has been paid to take her out, essentially. So Dick move. there's that whole thing to deal with. Bianca gives Joey his comeuppance by punching. Obviously, this is after she's found out the yeah. you know, history between her sister and, and Joey. Mm. Joey punches Cameron. Bianca comes, punches him yeah. twice. One for Cameron, one for Kat, and then kicks, kicks him in, in the, the balls walls, yeah. for herself. So that's, that's that. That's yeah. his comeuppance. That's him done. Yeah. Happy endings. Essentially, Bianca and Cameron then have a have their happy ending. They begin
1: their relationship. Yeah, maybe.
0: their story sort of wraps up at the prom there. You see him again very briefly later on, yeah. you know, but it's more a scene about Kat. Yeah. So I think like they're happy they're done. Yeah. That's sort of you know, we've still got fifteen minutes left in the movie, but yeah. <laughs> they're done. Um Michael and Mandela have a little happy ending. Obviously we mentioned their prom moment yeah. where they see each other and they
1: Yeah.
0: Yep, that's all good. Um that's pretty much it for the happy endings, I'm pretty sure.
1: No. Well, no. No. So then you also get Cat forgives Patrick. So So
0: what do you think of this? So it's it's you know, like after the prom, it leaves off, you know, like you're thinking, well, she's not going to, well, if you can predict teen comedies as you would or teen Mm. dramas, of course you're like, oh yeah, she'll take him back. It's all going to work out fine. Um, But as it states after the prom, you know, they've gone their separate ways. You know, she runs off crying. It doesn't look good. But it's that poem, which is the whole 10 Things I Had About You, the title, where she reveals that she does love him and, Mm. you know, she's more pissed off that he didn't call her, really, and try and sort it out. And he's just like, what? Yeah. What? Where do you stand in terms of should
1: she have forgiven him? Was what Patrick did that bad? I think, I know it's definitely bad, but if you think about this, the two of them they're both a little bit odd compared to the rest of the school right mm. they're both a bit edgy they both like they acknowledge while they're out in the in the, in the lake on the boat he turns around to her at some point and he does say like why are we why do you think that we're different you know as in and he means and what he means by that is that we stand out we what what made us the way we are to be so rough and crazy and then she says look, I don't like conforming and all of that now in regards to should she have forgiven him, it could very well be played like, okay, yeah, he's made a mistake, but he's also then completely used... Like, he used Joey to get the money. He used him to... And then she gets a guitar out of it. Like, they could turn it around and look That's at that it. and go, go, yeah, that fool, look, what, look how we played that fool. I mean, I know we've got, they've got to work it out, but at the end of the day... The result is, like, they've played the most, the the popular dude in school who deserved it, and he's the one out of pocket, and they still, they know their true affections for each other. They spin it, instead of, instead of Cap,
0: you know, being like, well, you know, you were paid by, like, my most hated person to go out with me. It's like, no, you used my most hated person. I used your
1: most hated person. And now you got a guitar. And now you got a guitar. Now, I and do fall think, in love. Yeah. I do think that it's 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 bigger and deeper than that. And in in a real world scenario, she probably it wouldn't be resolved with a guitar in the car in a car. I think. It'd I mean, be but they do. She does address process. that, and
0: she says, you yeah. know, you can't just buy me off essentially yeah. every time. He goes,
1: I'm glad that she points that out because yeah. that would just be like, what? Well, I mean, that's because it's the pacing of the movie. She has like that's yeah. has to happen. I think. I think in a real in, world, it, he hasn't... Uh, it's in real is. terms, they
0: would have had a conversation and these, these things would have be actually been discussed. It yeah. wouldn't have just been like, I don't want to talk to you. Let me alone, bye. Mm. It would have been like... He would have just sat down and like, look, yes, this is initially how it happened. Bit of a dick move. I didn't know you then.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, I was being paid. I was like, money, whatever. I'll do it. Mm. But in, obviously, getting to know you, yeah. taking you out, it's like, yeah, I did fall for you, et etc." et cetera.
1: Mm. Here we are now, so it was like. Yeah. However, he should. There was times where, like, I'm sitting there com- commenting as I'm watching. I'm like, you need, like, this is the point where you should tell her. This is the point where you should tell yeah. her. This is the point. And obviously, just for plot reasons, obviously he never does, and that's just just to keep things going. Because if he did, it would resolve the I whole think, thing. It's no different. There's this.
0: It's like a classic sort of cliche thing in like, especially yeah. 90s um, sort of team romances. You know, the bet. Take, like, She's All That, for instance. You know, Freddie yeah. Prince Jr. takes a bet to transform this girl yeah. into something smoking. And, you know, like, that's all becomes unraveled when she finds out that, you know,
1: she was just a bet. I was yeah. a bet. I think that's much worse than this. Oh, no, terms- they're, look, they're both both bad. Like, if it's simply a question of should it... Is it right or is it wrong? It's definitely wrong, like 100%. So that
0: was bad. And I think the way that, say, she's all that sort of resolves it and have them sort of come back. Same sort of deal where, you know, he's like, this is how it started, but this is where I am now. Yeah. Forgive me, blah, blah, blah. I think this movie executes it or, like, resolves it better mm. because it definitely plays it as her choice from the start, you know? Like, Patrick doesn't chase after her after and say, well, I did wrong, forgive yeah. me. It's more her saying... I'm in love with you. What's your next move?
1: Yeah.
0: So I yeah. think that's, that's a little bit better. Yeah. I also think they should. Now there there is a scene at the end. Well, like there's like a blooper reel during yeah. the credits, and there's a scene at the end that sort of hints at potentially a deleted scene. It still plays as a blooper. Yeah. Um, but it has Cat, um, confronting Bianca in the hallways of the yeah. school and yeah. being like, basically confronting her about toying with her and having a yeah. part of this big plot. Yeah. A little part of me th- thinks that, well, I'm glad that at least they addressed that, even in, if it was a blooper. Yeah. And obviously, they'd delete it for whatever reason, pacing or something. But I think that's definitely something that should have been addressed at some point. Yeah. You know, it's like there were more players than just.
1: It, it's not just Patrick. It's or actually, Patrick. to be honest, they all. <laughs> Literally every other character <laughs> yeah.
0: except the dad and the teacher yeah.
1: involved. So, yeah, it does go a bit wider. But, yeah, in regards to actual f- forgiveness between the two of them, just the two of them, yeah. I mean, and in a real-world scenario, maybe it wouldn't. Maybe she wouldn't, and mm-hmm. maybe rightfully so. To be honest, like I'd probably hate it to be reversed for me. You know what I mean? So, um, just want to point out a little fact that you've put here in our research is that while reading the poem, Cat's um, tears were real and not planned. But... So
0: obviously, she was in the script. She was just meant to read it, and right. you know, maybe a run-off
1: or whatever. She it is. She just went to town on it, started crying. It's bloody powerful scene. Not too. acting. Just actually cried. It's really brilliant. <laughs> um, let's quickly wrap up with a few other things. Um, you get—we uh, mentioned this a little bit earlier. Um, their dad eventually loosens up, um, and and he, yeah, there's a beauty, that kind of my, pretty much my favourite line. Like I said already before, where he pretty much acknowledges that he has to let kids go, mm-hmm. and and he's acknowledging at that point that he already accepted it with Cat. That Cat's already gone. And so that's the moment where he owns it. And he says, "No, I'll put the check down." Yeah, for, her college. for Sarah Lawrence <laughs> School. See you mm-hmm. later. And it's just a beautiful little moment. Uh, letters to Cleo perform on the roof. Cool. I mean, this is <laughs> this is purely for the the end credits. That's all it yeah. is. But I'm like, and then you actually see the size of that freaking school. <laughs> <laughs> that how helicopter. do you reckon they filmed that though? Oh, on a helicopter, surely. Yeah, but it's just they were actually on the roof. On they the were roof. on the roof, but the camera gets in close. I mean you, apparently the lead singer there's no I wish anything. I had written a name.
0: The lead singer of um Let us declare she said like it was terrifying. <laughs> and the, the helicopter got really close and they you know a little part of it was like, is it losing control? Like is it is We're it meant to be coming this close? Like Wow Because apparently it was very expensive to you know to you know do that shot so yeah, they yeah. only they pretty yeah. much had to do it like once. Yeah. So they had to perform. But I think <laughs> in terms of like the realism of this movie. It's just at that moment where it's like why are they on the roof. A little part of it's just like Whoa. Well it cuts the realism hundred percent. Yeah, it's like, well this isn't
1: this is a movie. Like, yeah. This is There's not mm-hmm. L le- aren't really on the roof. It's like in, whenever, in their reality. It's They're like not, when
0: a movie ends and everyone breaks into song and starts yeah. dancing and it's like, Oh, okay, well we had a real movie until like this very second. Yeah. That's essentially that, just not as crazy. Yeah. Like, it's fine, it's just for the credit, it's just a little bit nitpicky. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> it'll cost well, to, this movie to, to one. Me, point. At, to me, I look
1: at it more um <laughs> It's acknowledging that the film is such a is such a major part the film sorry the, the music, music yeah. is such a major part to this film and is a character on its own that's what, that's the way I look at it is like it's just acknowledging and the final thing before we move out of this world they're saying don't forget if you've in case you've forgotten <laughs> the music was really important to this movie By the sound <laughs> um, And then we've paid for we letters for we got to get him again. The movie does finish the credits for however bloopers that run through it. We already mentioned that there's that deleted scene, but there are lots of little funny little snippets in there.
0: Do you think they're funny? I was watching them and I was like, oh, oh no, man. I loved them.
1: Take they're like great. take like a Rush Hour's um like bloopers, like,
0: hilarious. For these oh, ones, I'm
1: like, nah, they're okay. No, I like it because you see throughout the whole movie, everyone hates Joey, but then there's a couple of scenes where they're like like bloopers where so where he hits. Joseph gordon Eleven and Joseph gordon Eleven comes back up and then all four of them jump on him. <laughs> and it's just funny and, and you see they're all laughing and just having a I think time. I think the bloopers do reveal that it's like the cast very
0: much seem like they all got on. Yeah. I think that most of them seem quite genuine. Like, yeah. It's not like ridiculous. Thing. And these aren't
1: comedians as such. No. so It's just real people just yeah. goofing around. And don't forget we already mentioned this but most of these characters are portrayed by pretty much age appropriate people. Like they're very they're close very to Very close, ages. yeah. Yeah. I think...
0: Bianca and Kat are actually only a few months apart. But they're only a couple of years, so...
1: Yeah, anyway. But Bianca, um, Larissa plays the role very much like a child. Mm. It's very convincing. She does seem... She's probably what... Probably even eighteen in that movie. Yeah, but she does seem like a fourteen or fifteen year old naive child <laughs> for most of that movie. So, well, that's okay. She comes good. <laughs> she, she, yeah, she turns good. And then, you, like I said, we do, you do learn that there's probably a little bit more thought behind the whole thing in the first place. All right. Well, look, that's that's a pretty good wrap. This is a really good time to have a bit of our quiz break. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'm down for it. Looking over at guest super producer Joey and Joseph jo- Joseph Joey Joseph. Yep. Um, so dead, you? <laughs> <laughs> um, he looks like he's ready to rock and roll. Uh, I'm asking you questions this time. Yes. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, what we usually do, you're aware of it. Everyone's aware of it, I think, by now. We like to take turns in asking each other um, 10 questions in 60 seconds and seeing how well we do. Uh, good luck, sir. Are you ready? Joey? are you ready? Yeah, we're good to go. Ready, set, how much is Patrick's first payment? $50. Yes, it is. What colour are Bogie Lowenstein's flyers? Do they drop down the thing? Uh, like yellow. I yeah, they what? are. Uh, what organ was Patrick rumored to have sold? Liver. Yeah, wow, you doing well. Uh, which magazine does Joey model for? Shamrock? Nope. No, uh, I don't know. Close. Let's go. What brand of beer is used on the beer was it? Yes, it is. Name the um, the book that Patrick is looking for in a library.
0: Uh, feminine something rather Close. mystique. Mis- yes, it is. <laughs> what
1: chips does a teacher confiscate? Uh, Cheetos. Yes, wow. How many crunches does the dad do? Like two? No, incorrect. We'll come back. What is the, uh, the dad up to his elbow in every day? Placenta. Yes, it is. Um, and what animal is Patrick rumored to have eaten whole? Like a kangaroo? No. <laughs> you're correct. No, and there we go. <laughs> wow. Well, you pretty much got like, like eight and a half, nine, almost. So you didn't. Oh, okay. So you didn't get question four. Which magazine is Joey model for? It's Sears magazine. Ah, oh, yeah. It a couple of times. Um, how many crunches does his dad do? He does seven, and he goes, "That'll do." He's like seven. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I thought it would be more pathetic than that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember we at that point where he's like got that elastic thing and he's like <laughs> and he flips it and then someone throws it back into the spa it's like thanks <laughs> um, and then thanks Bill or whatever it is what animal is Patrick rumored to have eaten whole it's a duck but then everything but the beak and the feet ah right yeah yeah when
0: weird. they're talking later and it's like the duck no <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's a cool little scene too where they they're comparing rumours yeah yeah I just thought it was really really cool all right, well, that was our um, 10 questions in 60 seconds. You did really well. You pretty much got eight. That's not bad. No, not bad. Not bad. Um, I guess it's now a good time to probably do our rating, if you want. Okay. Am I going first? Are you with it? You always go first, So I'll go first this time. Um, I don't have these notes written down, so I'm just going to quickly say... Always wing it. Uh, always going to wing it. I always wing these ones. Um, so, this movie... So, my take on it, right? Um, if, you, if you're talking, it does not hold up? I think it certainly does. It's still... It's not one of those movies that, like, really has too much in it that can age. They don't like you don't see them use flip phones or anything like that. You don't like those clicks, and even though they're Americanized, those clicks still exist in schools. The way that kids behave amongst each other still exists. It's still a thing, um, for the most part. So I think if you're going to talk about it, if it holds up, it's fantastic. The connections to the Shakespeare stuff. I, like I said, I wasn't aware of it when I was younger looking at looking at it through my lens now as a thirty three year old, I think it's very well mm. done. Very well done. Um all of the all of their their performances I I loved. They're all relatable. They still felt there was a massive nostalgia value when I watched this again. I was like I said, the wife and I were already saying like the one liners, especially the dad's one liners, before they were even saying it. It was bloody brilliant. I I love this movie. It's close close to my heart. <laughs> um, I mean there are there's certain things I didn't like about it, and we haven't really touched on it, but I, some things don't hold up in regards to like attitude, today's attitudes. There's one white they're in that house party at Bogie Lowenstein's, and there's a guy and a girl, and the girl goes, kiss me, and she, he, he goes, kiss him, throws him, and the dude's reaction is, oh, thanks, man, and I'm like, M- nowadays... That's, that's not cool man and especially when he walks back through they're still making out and he turns around and goes no really thank you and it's like so what are you going to do are you about to take her away she's blind man so in, in that are you way, saying in terms of like real world yeah. experiences or like uh, like watching like if they were to put that in a movie today well it wouldn't happen today because you can't glorify taking advantage of somebody whereas really? that's what they're doing that's so there's true. a few things where you look at it and you're like oh well in the 90s yeah, that, that wasn't critiqued but yeah. now it's like yeah, look, that might get a bit more attention now. And yeah. I think, I don't know. I think Especially
0: because it's done as a joke. Playing it for comedy yeah. yeah, is one thing, and I think, but I think that's, sometimes there there is an issue of modern day. It's like I don't condone that at all, but it's like playing it for comedy, and it's like, you know, yeah. we're talking high school kids, and it's like, you know, they're all just goofing around. It's like, they're only kissing. It's not like... Oh, well, what's the next step? Oh, you know, kissing all, leads to sex, leads to pregnancy. No, but he, he's yeah. obviously sober.
1: And she's yeah. blind. So, you know, um, no. He might have been he might have been a bit drunk. Doesn't matter. Ah, uh, yeah. What I'm saying is twenty nineteen is not the same. Like it, yeah. it wouldn't, wouldn't go through. You wouldn't be you wouldn't be laughing at that joke, you'd be like, Oh no. No, I don't know. There's still movies around, you know, take like you know, the
0: Judd Apatow movies, Superbad, bad, stuff like that, you know, like where you've got kids, they get drunk, mm. you know, they goof around and you know, it just depends how sensitive you want to be on those sorts of issues. But I get what you mean, it's sort of like I think In terms of this movie, it's not an adult orientated film. It is, you know, it is for a younger teen audience. Maybe they would be more wary these
1: days. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, so looking at it, like I say, it's not through the lens at the moment. It's not perfect. It maybe was perfect when I was a teenager, but this is definitely solid. If we're going to go back to the rating, (laughs) Um, it's got to be four for me at least. Maybe even four and a half.
0: Maybe. Yeah. you got to pick one. <laughs> nah, four and a half, four and a half. Yeah,
1: four and a half. Okay. It's a brilliant movie. Rewatchable, watchable. Constantly watchable. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'll come in very close to that. Um, yeah, just watching it. Essentially, I really did watch it properly for the first time, I guess, just the other day. And, you know, for the majority of the time, like, there was a smile on my face. Like, I was enjoying the jokes, the laughs, the comedy. Um, the wit. And being a big girl that I am, like, just enjoying the, you know, the story unfolding and, you know, like... Just sort of going back and like going back to high school and being like, I get this. Like you know, a mm. pining after girls, doing ridiculous things. Yeah. Um, not that anything really worked out. Like in like, as Cameron did uh, different Cameron, but yeah, you know, like just fun goofiness. Um, develop characters. Like there's there's a lot going on with each of them. They all sort of stand out as their own. Mm. Um, memorable moments, stuff like that. You know, sometimes they do sort of play up, you know, like the the romantic side of this film, which is you know, good for the type of movie that it is. Yeah. You know, can sometimes drag on. Like for me, watching, I am like, ah, okay, like you know. So you know, <laughs> yeah. it's not, I wouldn't say it's perfect, but thoroughly enjoyable. And I yeah. think um, both females, males can get on board. And you yeah. know, if you haven't. I mean I'm assuming you have visited this movie and you probably enjoy yeah. it if you're here, but if you're just like whatever, I just want to hear this podcast. Yeah. You haven't watched it, I like, definitely watch it. It's 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 a fun a fun mm. thing. I'm gonna land it at a four out of five nice one. for it. Um, and yeah, the the soundtrack. Sorry. I was listening to on the way in. Like, mm. I, was really I know you haven't watched Captain Marvel yet, but you know, set in the nineties. Oh, I'm a so ni- excited for it. There is a 90s soundtrack. soundtrack. I think compared to this, this is better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, The soundtrack anyway. I'll so. literally be watching Captain Marvel, mate, like,
1: tomorrow. <laughs> so,
0: all right. Uh, so, yeah, that was our Rewind to 1999, 10 Things I Hate About You, uh, well, specifically. I, it's not very nice, mate. <laughs>
1: um, so we hope you enjoyed this episode of Rewind and Review. As always, uh, we'll remind you that any feedback, either positive or negative, uh, or any Rewind request can be sent to us um, via email at podcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to
0: us at either that ThatFilmShoe or Rewind and Review's Facebook pages. Um, and whilst you're at it, give us a like and follow the pages. Yep.
1: Um, subscribe. Leave us a review on SoundCloud and iTunes as it does help others like yourself find the podcast.
0: That shoe has launched their new website. So check it out, Podcast.com.
1: Yes. Um, now, there's a new Hellboy movie coming out soon, if you weren't aware of that. Um, so... That's our excuse to uh, to the next movie we'll be taking a look at is 2004's Hellboy. So that's now going to be our next episode. Yes, very
0: exciting. Yes. Uh, thank you all for listening. This has been another Rewind and Review. See you on our next trip. I See ya. you want me. I want you to want me.
1: Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library. I hate
0: the way you talk to me and the way you cut your hair.
1: Don't. Do I it. hate the way you don't drive my you're car. It. You're
0: when does he drive a car? It. I don't. I don't know. <laughs>